when was your trust first shattered? What happened? Write it down and also write down what did it make you become? Welcome to Messaging for Impact, a podcast hosted by Queenette Wobido, founder of Profitable Coach Institute. Queenette guides you on growing your business and sales confidence. Join Queenette as she dives deep into the world of messaging mastery, helping you attract the right audience, enroll paying clients, and create a lasting impact with your message. Get ready to enroll the right fit clients effectively and efficiently while still having plenty of space in your calendar for family and fun. It's time to transform your messaging and generate clients on demand. And remember, you are an unstoppable queen. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Trust, the Frequency of Manifestation. My name is Queen Wobodo, and I will be hosting this amazing series for the next five days. <sighs> I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. If you are listening to the sound of my voice, you are not here by mistake. You are here by design. Uh, the conversation that we're going to have over the next five days, if you allow it to, I believe will change your life because it's changed my life. Trust the frequency of manifestation is all about how to create a generational impact, right? Leave a legacy, step into a version of yourself that you thought po you, you knew it was possible, but you only dreamed that it was possible. Over the next five days, um, I've been sitting, I've been meditating, I've been trying to figure out how do I deliver something that I feel like God put me through? How do I deliver something that has been my life's journey, has been my life story? Like, how do you structure it? How do you, um, how do you share it? And to be honest, there is just, there's no way to share it other than to have a conversation. So this work means a lot to me. Um, if you're here, you're probably a visionary. You probably know that there's more to your life than what you're experiencing. You have these visions. Um, you have these dreams. You see yourself in a way that you're currently not living. You know that there's more, right? This conversation is for the women, the unstoppable queen, who know that there is more to their life than what they're currently experiencing. You know that your voice it's supposed to make a bigger impact, a greater impact than what it's currently doing. And so if that's you, I want you to lean in. Or you might be a woman that's like, Queenette, like I hear you and it sounds good, but who am I to think that way? Like no one in my family has done anything like this before. Like what is all this thing about like the next level, higher vision and all these other things, right? So I want you to lean in and I want you to keep your heart open to the conversation that we're about to have. There's nothing for you to do other than to keep your heart open. You might hear things that you've heard before and that's great. And you might hear things that are new to you and that's also wonderful. But the most important thing is for you to listen with your heart. This is not one of those things you can listen with your head and it land. It's one of those things where you keep your heart open and everything that it's supposed to do for you, it will do for you, right? And so I am so excited. I'm excited and I'm nervous because... There's so much that I want to share with you. And it's just like, how do you share this? And I'm just like, Queenette, the same way you share it with your friends, the same, the same way you share it with your clients, you just talk and you talk from your heart. So I'm in my office, I'm sitting down. I have my big journal here with me. Um, and the notes are so all over the place that um, it just doesn't even make sense to, to try to follow notes. So what are we doing here? What we're doing here is because 
there, there's a huge problem that we have, huge problem we have in the world, in society. And one of the biggest problem that we have is self-doubt, is self-doubt, is, 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 is anxiety, is depression, depression, is living beneath the calling on our life. That's exactly what I believe is the biggest issue today is the doubts, the fears. We have these dreams, we have these visions. And it's like, but what do I do with it? How do I bring it to fruition? I'm so scared. I have bills to pay. I have children. Like I can't just leave my nine to five. All the things, all the reasons why the time is not now are the things that um, I want us to talk about today. So before we get there, I think it's so, so important to um, for me to explain to you what trust means and you'll know more about it as we go on throughout the days. So trust to me, right? Trust, right? The frequency of manifestation is, is the work, is the process. It's been my life's journey to learn how to trust in order for me to manifest, to create, to hold the things in my vision in my hand. So let me say it again, right? Trust, right? The process of trusting, learning how to open my heart, which I actually do keep your heart open has been my greatest, the greatest work of my life. It has been the, the string that has gone through every single thing I've tried to do has been required. It has required me to trust, right? It has required me to trust again, because we are all born knowing how to trust. We are all created knowing how to trust. And then something happens in our life that makes us fearful, that makes us not want to trust again, that makes us want to hide, that makes us shrink, that makes us say, no, that's not for me. That's for them. That makes us live beneath the calling on our life. So let me start. Um by sharing when the first time my trust was broken. I'll take a sip of water because it's going to be that kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I am Nigerian. I was born in Nigeria to two amazing parents, two incredible parents. Um, my dad and my mom, I honor them today. Without them, I would not be here, obviously. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Um, I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm so grateful. I stand on their shoulders, proud. Um, and when I was about seven years old, my mom left Nigeria. She came to America with myself, my three brothers and her. So it was all four or five of us, right? My mom, three brothers and myself. We came to America to experience the American dream. So we landed in the South Bronx. We, I grew up in the South Bronx. Um, went to school in the South Bronx. Anybody that knows anything about the South Bronx, you know that is very, very difficult. Low income environment, all the things you think about when you think about um, liquor stores, <clears throat> selling drugs, all the things, you know, poor graduation rates, food deserts, all the things. That's where I grew up. And um, I stayed there for a while um, and I stayed there and and four years um a few a few years into that that time when we came to America, my father came to tell my mother, like, you know, bring us back to Nigeria or move to another place because this is just not okay. Um, how we were living. My mother refused because of, you know, issues that I don't need to go into um right now. But she said no. Like, I want my kids to have an opportunity here in America and I want them to experience the American dream. So the answer is no. So my father went back to Nigeria. And four years after we came to America, my father died. 
So my mother told us that she has to go to Nigeria for the for the funeral arrangements, right? And so my family is complex. I come from a polygamous family. So there was a lot of things to share amongst other wives and all those other things, like legit wives, right? <laughs> so, so, um, so my mother went to Nigeria and she left us here with my mom, my, I mean, my aunt and my uncle. And so we stayed here, you know, got chugging along, um, you know, going to school and all those things. Right. So from four years, so I was seven, four years later, I was 12. My father died. Mother went to Nigeria. So every single year, um, I would ask my aunt, you know, cause it took a while, like, you know, for my mother to come, I would ask my aunt, you know, when is my mother coming? And they would say, your mother's coming. And I would wait. I'm a burst, I'm a Christmas baby. And so I would wait for Christmas and uh, my mother wouldn't come. And I would ask my aunt, you know, is my mother coming? She'll say, yes, I will wait. No mom. Right. I was about 13 when that first happened. And then a year went by. Um, Christmas was coming around again. I asked my aunt, you know, is my mother coming? She said, yes, I'm very excited again. And I wait, wait, wait the next day, run to the living room. Cause you know, it's going to be a big thing. You smell the person coming from Nigeria before you see them because they have spices, they have food, they have all the things. Right. And so run to the living room. No mom. So I asked my aunt, like, what happened? She goes, Oh, Queen Anne, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, things happen, you know, she couldn't come. That was 14. 15 years old, auntie, is my mother coming? Is my mother coming? Yes, Queen, your mother's coming. Your mother's coming. Relax, your mother's coming. Wait, 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 wait. Anticipate Christmas Day, Santa Claus, all the things, all the people celebrating. I cannot wait. Oh my God. 15 years old, run to the living room. No mother. 16 years old, same thing. She's coming. Run, no mom. At 17 years old, um, I was in 11th grade. I got so angry. I got so angry. I was in school. I was sitting at my desk in school and, and in, in 11th grade. And I said, to, and I said this to myself, I said, I will never, ever trust anyone again in my life. I will never trust anyone again in my life ever. Because when you trust people, they'll lie to you and, um, they'll lie to you and you can't trust them. So I kept going applied to college, all the things going, 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 going. I just stopped asking 12 years, 12th grade. I was sitting in the class again. And I said, I will never, ever trust anyone again in my life. I cannot wait to get out of this house. Cannot wait to go to college. Can't wait to get away and just get away from everybody. Cause you can't trust people. As if I didn't hear myself the previous year, I said it to myself again, just to solidify the fact that I can't trust people. And so 12th grade, um, things weren't done that was supposed to be done for me paperwork wise. So I couldn't go away to, to college right away. I had picked up my roommates. I had picked up my roommate. I knew what college I was going to. I was so excited. June couldn't come fast enough. I did what I had to do. I was an A, um, A minus B student, you know, second top program in the school, all the things, right. Just diligent, didn't cut classes. You know, I'm Nigerian. Anybody know Nigerian can't cut class. I didn't cut class. I did what I had to do. I did what I had to do. So my aunt tells me, Queenette, you can't go away to college. And I'm like, why? Why can't I go away to college? She's like, oh, because of the paperwork, the way you guys came, blah, 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 blah. Things are not finished and all the things. <laughs> anger, I don't, anger doesn't even describe it rage rage I was so 
mad. I was so mad, like the mad, mad, anger, 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 and rage. That's what I felt. And I was like, I was so mad. And I said, I try to explain, she tried to talk to me about what it meant. I'm, I'm 17, 18. I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is I did everything you all said to do. I didn't cut class. I behaved myself. I graduate. I'm graduating. I picked my roommate out. We know where we're going. I was so mad. I was so mad. That time I was working at White Castle, um, the fast food restaurant. And um, I don't, I mean, my head was spinning, right? I just didn't know what to do. So I said, okay. So I applied to the CUNY schools. I applied to like a city school. And I couldn't go to school in the fall. I couldn't go to school in the fall. I couldn't go to school with all the kids that did what they were supposed to do. I couldn't go to school. So the kids that cut class, that had to go to summer school, that didn't graduate on time, that were going to start in the spring semester, here I was. I did what I was supposed to do. And I can't start with my class. I was so mad. So mad. So. Working at White Castle, I had my head down. I was like, oh yeah, it's, a, it's on. It's on because I cannot trust anybody. You get, you, I cannot trust people. When you trust them, they'll lie to you. They'll say they'll do things. They won't do things. Even when you do what you have to do, you can't trust them. So at that point, and when I was working at White Castle, oh, it was Queenette against the world. It was... I will never, ever allow anybody to control my destiny again. I will never let anyone control my destiny again. My destiny and how I move and what I do will be in my hand, in my control. You will never get that opportunity again. Nobody will get that opportunity again. Now, just make that clear. Head down, working in White Castle, working in White Castle. 20 um, spring semesters coming around had to gather money to pay for it. Like, it's just, I can't even, I'll talk about, I, I, I'll probably talk about that story. Like, I just didn't even have enough money to pay the, the, the first semester. I only had enough money. Let me, let me share it with you. I only had enough money, right? To pay for the first semester of the first year. And the payments were broken up into five payments. So I had to pay for, I had to divide my payments into five and I only had enough money for the first payment of the first semester. And I said, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I don't have a choice unless I'm not going to start school in the spring. Hated White Castle. I was working at White Castle the night shift. I did, I, I did hours and hours. I went to school on Monday uh, and Mondays and Wednesdays and, and one semester, some semesters I went to school Wednesdays, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I can work five days a week. So I took all, like, you know how you can take like anything over 12 credits, you get the rest for free. So I would do 18 credits. I remember one time I had to get permission to do 21 credits. The, the um, counselor was like, Queenette, like, you just cannot take those loads. They're working full time and you're trying to take on more loads. So I was like, please, like, I need all the classes I can get for this amount of money. She let me take it. Long story short, just chugging along, chugging along, chugging along. And, um. And I, I kept going and things like that. So 
I just wanted to share with you when my heart first got broken and that happened in my, in, in, when I was a child, right? That's when I discovered that that's when I, like the control, remember how I said, I went to white, I went to white castle and I was like, you're just, I'm never going to let anyone control my destiny again. I'm going to hold it in my hand. I'm going to hold it tight. You're never going to be able to tell me, no, you're never going to be able to say, no, I can't go. I have to control that. And that's when my control issues really started. And that control issue is just a symptom of the fact that I can't, I couldn't trust anymore. So my trust was shattered, shattered, shattered. And so now I started to feel like I was alone in the world. I started to feel alone. Even when my friends in college wanted to be close to me, I was like, no, like I was running away. There was this one girl. She, she just wanted to be my friend so bad. I mean, I ended up being friends with people and stuff, but I had this emotional wall up. Then I did let some people in, but I have to be honest, right? Knowing what I know now, I just... I just didn't want to like just give my heart again. I just didn't want to trust again. I just couldn't. It was just too painful, too heavy. And at that time, now I'm in survival mode, right? Now I have to pay for college. Now it's all on me. And so what I wanted to share, the reason why I share that story, right? About how my trust got shattered is because I want you to look to see when did your trust first get shattered? When did you feel like I have to control my life? When did you learn that? trusting people or trusting situations or trusting in general was unsafe. There's something that I want you to journal. When did you learn that it was unsafe? Because this is going to be so, so critical and important as we continue to build on this over the next few days, how we have to heal, how we have to shift and begin to trust again, because the, the, the frequency of trust is what helped me create the life I currently have right now. So um, I didn't tell you guys what I do. So I just thought it was very important to tell you like my background before I get into what it is that I do. So I'm a transformational coach and a business coach. Um, the best way to describe what I do is I help coaches, consultants, service-based businesses create an incredible business. Uh, everything to do with um, the structure of their business, their mindset, anything around create becoming the person that creates a profitable business is what I, I'm really good at. And one of my um, specialty is messaging. I help people shine their message very brightly. I help people tap into what it is that they're genius at, what makes them feel, what, what is their true gift in the world and bring that out. So I, I, I have a feeling this from the background, just growing up being, being super, having to be diligent just to survive. I can see other people's strengths and I know how to articulate it so they can see their strength from themselves and package it into something that they can share with the world. So, um, so day one, right? This is day one. I asked you a few questions. When was your trust first shattered? What happened? Write it down. And also write down, what did it make you become? I shared with you, it made me want to control things. It made me hold on to life like this for a very long time. Like, nope, 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 nope. It made me put a wall. Like, no, I can't let you love me. I know, I know, I know you want to be my friend, but all right, all right, all right. You can be my friend, but not too close. All right, all right, right. Like it was just this thing. And it made me feel like I was alone and isolated in the world. Like Queen, I have, like, it's almost like you have to do it by yourself. You have to do it by yourself. I told myself, you have to do it by yourself. If you don't do it by yourself, you have to trust somebody to help you do it. And if you trust somebody to help you do it, they're going to let you down again. Like they have to, they are going to let you down because you, know, you have evidence that they let you down. So in my mind, what was holding, like what was holding me was like, 
I was afraid. It was fear. It was doubt that somebody else will say something and, and actually be able to, to do it. Right. So much so that I started dating my husband. He was my boyfriend at the time. Um, and and when I was in college, I was like halfway through college, right? I was introduced to him by a mutual friend. And um, when we started going on dates, we would go on dates here, go on dates there. He would pick me up. We'll go on dates, spend time, talk, 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 talk. And I remember when we were going on dates, it was fine. It was fine. And then one day we were about to go on a date. But then in my heart, I was like, whoa, what, what's this feeling? What, what What's this feeling? I was like, oh, I like him. Oh no. Now this love? Oh, wait, hold on. We don't we don't do love around here. Let me hurry up and break up with him. So I was dressing up, getting ready. He was gonna pick me up. And when he picked me up, I was gonna tell him, listen, this has been so wonderful. This has been incredible. Um, but I I, I cannot date you anymore. So I was prepping this in the mirror. I was like, just break it off because we don't we don't do this love thing. Been there, done that. No thanks. So he came to pick me up and I was like, how am I going to tell him that? So I got in the car and I said, listen, you know, before we go, I just want to tell you something. And I said, you know, it's not you. I just feel like, you know, we need to end this because um, I don't think that it's going to be what we think in the future. And he was shocked. Like, <laughs> I'll never forget, like, the look on his face, like, it's almost like everything is going well. Conversation is well. Everything is going good. This is literally out of left field. And I said, no, it's not you. Like, don't worry. Like, it's just me, you know, thing. He was like, but what did I do? He goes, what did I do? And I was like, no, you didn't do anything. I just know that eventually we're still going to break up. Like, it's not going to work. And he just could not wrap his mind around that. We sat in the car for three hours three hours trying to untangle and process what I would just said to him. And what I know now, right. What I essentially was saying, like, listen, I was born in Nigeria, but I grew up here. You're 20. You came to America when you were 25 years old. I am not going to be able to make the foods that you like. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do that. I was telling him, like, I'm not going to be that. I want to go to school for psychology. Like, I got, you know, I, I'm not that person that you think. So just let's walk away right now. And he was like, what are you, like, I like you. I like, I like you, like the way you are. I like you the way you are. And I was looking at him like, now you think you, you're saying that now, like, it sounds good now. This is what I would say. Like, it sounds good now, but I know in the future, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You're going to want something else. He was like, I like, this is what he essentially said for three hours straight. It took me three hours for that to penetrate in my head. And I remember the moment I said to myself, and I know it was the Holy Spirit. I know that was God. Because I didn't say it to myself. Queen, I would have been like, no, it's not going to work. Bye. God, the Holy Spirit was like, Queen, that just give it a chance. Just try just try. So three hours later, we, we talked and I said, okay, let's, let me give it a chance. Let me give myself a chance at loving. And that might sound like something so simple, right? But to me, it might as well have been scaling Everest because you're asking me 
to put my heart on the line yet again after it's been shattered. And you're saying, trust somebody else that they're going to take care of it. So I said, okay, I just, there was, a, it, I'll never forget it. Cause it didn't, I know it didn't come from me. It didn't come from my voice, like my mind, my thoughts. It came from something deeper, which is the Holy spirit. It was my soul. I know that didn't come from me. It said just, it was just like, it was like something, something that wanted to save me for myself. Yeah. It was something that wanted to save me for myself. Essentially it was like, <clears throat> just, just, just try. It was like, a, it was so quiet. It was so simple. Just like, just try, just, just give it a chance. Just, it was like, just give it a chance. Right. And I said, and I said, okay. And I said, okay. And so we just kept dating, dating, dating. Today we've been married for 18 years, 18 years, 18 years. Best decision of my life. Easily the best decision of my life. Um, I've learned so much and I'll share with you um, all in the next couple of days learning to trust again, right? Remember why the whole conversation is about trust, the frequency of manifestation. That moment, my soul, my spirit told me to queen at trust, right? Is what led to this 18 year love affair is what led us here is what led us to have these three amazing kids to build this beautiful life for me to be able to believe in love. I like, like the, like, I hope those romantic. I watched Bridgerton, the series on Netflix over and over and over again. If they could ban me from it, they probably would. They could hope this romantic. I never thought me, Queenette, would be like the one that's like, oh my God, I love this. But I believe a higher power wanted me to feel unconditional love and what it looks like for somebody to be there for you no matter what and be there with no obligations be there and love you completely for who you are because i am spicy okay but he says he likes that <laughs> that's one of the reasons why he likes me so <laughs> and to be loved fully from the top down from the inside out i'm talking about completely and I don't go this far because it's none of your business, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so rude. I'm like, it's none of your business. <laughs> but what I'm saying, right, is that there's some things that are so sacred that I don't talk about in detail. And my Mary, I know, obviously, you know him. I post about him. I talk about him. But it's deeper than that. <clears throat> it's just deeper than, no, we love each other and we're married. No, no, there's a bigger lesson. There's a bigger lesson. I want you to get the bigger lesson. Trusting and letting go and surrendering to a higher voice, a deeper voice, a voice that already knows it all is what led me here, is what led us here, is what allowed me to be able to grow and flourish and rest in feminine energy and let somebody take care of things because I was holding on too much. I was holding on to control because it was like, no, 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 no. I can't let them, I can't, and if I, the, the college thing didn't work. I can't let go control. And so this marriage, my marriage has been one of the biggest tools in teaching me how to surrender and know that I'm held. I'm held energetically, spiritually, in all the ways, physically, I'm held and I'm okay. And not only that, I deserve it. I deserve it. You deserve it. Right. So 
trust has been the process that has allowed me to continue to build. And I believe it's the same thing for you. So where in your life, so last homework, where in your life, let's look at your love life. Um, do you need to surrender to the Holy Spirit, surrender to the, to the soul, to the voice? So whatever you call it, doesn't matter what you call that, that, that quiet voice that knows it all, that knows everything that you need to experience in order for you to be the person that, um, the high, the, the higher, the higher version of yourself. Where do you need to trust? Where do you need to surrender control? Where do you need to let go of saying there are no good men out there? Where do you need to release that? All the stories you've had, no matter how bad the history has been, where do you need to release it? Because you've been divorced and there's no way you've been divorced or it didn't work or you messed it up. Or blah, 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 blah. Where do you need to release that? Find out where do you need to trust? Where do you need to, to trust? It's such a question that I want you to sit with because you know why I want you to sit with it is because there is a voice that that is two voices, right? And I will talk about it in another day. That is speaking to you, that is talking to you, and is wanting you, the voice of the soul, the voice of the spirit is so right. It's already knowing. It knows it all. It's not worried about anything. It operates from a place of love. Already is guiding you, right? Excuse me. And where are you allowing fear of well, it can't work that way? It can't be that easy. It can't. No, it can't be that easy. You know, you're just saying that, Queen. You've been, you've been, you've been with them. This is how this, you've been with them for such a long time. The dating world has changed, and this and that. Where are you? Where are you? Right? Where are you? Right? Limiting yourself to what the pain of what you've experienced has been. Where I limited myself was when I was telling him, no, well, no, no, no. In a couple of years, I already know. I. In, because my mindset, because you were already 25 in here, it's not like you're like me. We came here when you were younger. So you get it. I assumed until I heard his story when he got here. And I'm like, I don't know better. This is what I'm saying to you. You don't know more than your soul. You don't know more than your spirit. And things are happening in divine alignment for your benefit, for your growth, for your evolution. And so what we have to begin to do is to learn how to listen. And that listen requires us to go up on an edge, to go close to an edge, to go close to a fear, to go close to a trigger, to go close to things that are very, very uncomfortable and say, I can do it and I'm going to be okay. Just trust, just try. And that's how the voice for me was just, just try, just give it a chance. That's what I'm inviting you to do. Where do you need to give yourself a chance to love again? Where do you need to give yourself a chance to let go of control? Where do you need to give yourself a chance? Okay. So that is it for day one. Day one. Um, my hope is that you understand where we're going with this conversation. You already know that you have done everything with your might, with your power. You have achieved so much already with might, with power, with force, with anger, with resentment, with bitterness. For some of you, with happiness, with excitement, with joy, everybody's story is not the same, right? However, you've gotten here, right? And if yours happen to be on the positive side, 
And it was that I'm so happy and thrilled for you. But for those of us that we, we achieve based on some things that were painful and, and wanting to not depend on people and wanted to be successful and, and all the things, right? I want to invite you to a new way of being, a new way of creating the things that you want, a new way of stepping into a different realm. And we're going to talk about that over the next couple of days, stepping into a different realm without having it be so heavy, without forcing it. This whole idea of pleasure, we're going to talk about it pleasure and flow and relaxing and that you get to you get to and we'll talk more about that I feel like oh my god can you be quiet that you're saying everything all right so that's it for day one I will meet you back here for day two and we're gonna go into some some things I don't know what it's gonna be I have an idea um but I'm just gonna let my soul lead the way on that okay answer the questions in your journal any questions that you hear you heard me ask answer it any thoughts that's coming write it down Use this moment, use this series, use this conversation as an opportunity to explore deeper within you. Okay. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye everybody. Thank you for joining us on another insightful episode of Messaging for Impact with your host, Queenette Wobodo. We hope you've gained valuable insights and inspiration to fuel your entrepreneurial journey. If you found today's episode helpful, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving a review on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback fuels our mission to empower women entrepreneurs like you. Remember, your message has the power to change lives, starting with your own. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we'll continue to explore the strategies and mindset shifts that will help you leave a lasting legacy through your business. Until then, keep believing in your limitless potential and keep sharing your message for impact.